Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle, Huddle up. up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. be calling this the save the words that dc fans have been waiting to hear since 1974 the washington capitals are the 2018 stanley cup champions Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle Up Podcast. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! 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 Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Huddle Up Podcast, live here on our Facebook page. It is a Tuesday night, September the 10th, 2019. We have tons to talk about this week, including Rivalry Weekend, the Stillers suck, and New England may have already won the Super Bowl. But first, our show is brought to you by Alicia's Pillows and Things on NGSC Sports. If you're decorating your home, you want it to reflect your tastes and your likes. So why not add decor that reflects your sports, movie, and TV fandom? Alicia's Pillows and Things is your hookup. They feature pillows of all sizes, stools, and more with your favorite teams and characters Log on to NGSCSports.com, find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage, and place your order. Want to bring in our co-host, Dave. Dave, Dave how you doing this week, bud? Jim, we're doing well. Uh, much better than the college slate of games this week, because they are Oof. pretty damn shitty. Brutal, brutal. We got Scotty, we got Chris uh, in the live video, everyone else who's watching with us. Make sure you give it a like, give it a share. Yeah, they're uh, the chatter, of course, the uh, the breaking news in the past, uh, what, hour or so about uh, Antonio Brown, and, and, and we posted that up to the uh, up to the page. Obviously, a, a um, some disturbing allegations. We need to remember that at this point they are allegations, and, and we should let the legal system play out. I'm sure we'll touch on uh, the, the football side of uh, of Antonio Brown and, and all the happenings of the past uh, week or so with that and and much more as we uh, as we go through the next about hour or so here Dave but uh, yeah as as we already alluded to this this weekend slate of uh, of football college football not that great um, but uh, just looking back over this past uh, this past weekend it was of course week two of the college football season week one of the NFL season so we are uh, obviously full systems go all speed ahead uh towards uh towards you know mid mid September here moving forward but uh, I I posted a question out to uh to the fans and I said um what's the biggest takeaway good or bad from uh from the football weekend um Ryan commented on Twitter just a uh gif of Nick Foles uh, obviously Nick Foles with the broken collarbone he's going to be out indefinitely there's been no timetable uh from the Jaguars on on Nick Foles and and how long he'll be out so um yeah, that sucks for him. Uh, luckily, he did get his uh, his money there, so um, we'll keep tabs. They did, uh, they did put him on uh, IR, I believe. I saw today. I could be wrong on that. Though. Yes, and it's the uh, it's the IR with uh, the designation for return. So theoretically, he could return late season. But I mean, you're looking, you're probably looking at least a two two and a half month or or more timetable. So it's it's going to be late November into December, and, and by that point. 
where the where the Jaguars going to be and and quite frankly if they're in contention with uh with Minshew at quarterback do you go back to Nick Foles and I know that's kind of a, a harsh thing to say but the, you know Minshew looked good for a rookie against uh, a Kansas City team so um did you see him at uh at the press conference Jim the mustache did you see he looks like the freaking fan at the at the little league baseball game whose kid gets yelled at nonstop that has a giant beer <laughs> belly and is half drunk. It's awesome, like, isn't it? You tell me he's my hero. You tell me this guy's got. You tell me this guy's an NFL quarterback. Hell, I got a chance still. Darn right, we all have a shot, I guess. Um, but uh, then over on the Facebook page, Jim said that in the AFC, it seems uh, New England and Kansas City seem destined to reach the AFC title game, barring injuries. Um, but of course, but the NFC is much more up in the air. Uh, David, not you, another Dave, uh, said that Dallas will beat anyone. Uh, Andrew says the Vikings defense looks like they're already in midseason form. Chris said week one made the Titans look legit. Hashtag fake news. Uh, Charles said the Miami Dolphins suck and they absolutely do. Um, and then of course, and I think that's where this is where you and I are going to go because you did comment on it. And that uh, we must jump to conclusions and overreact, overreact uh, immediately, which which is always the cool thing to do, right? With with week one of the NFL, I think even it, sometimes in the, the the early portion of the college football season, it is it is very it's very cool to overreact at things and 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 to take something that happens in in the first one, two, even three weeks of a season, and uh, and, and try and uh, you know make something much bigger of it than it really is. Yeah, Jim, you're, you're absolutely right on that, that it's, uh, uh, it's incredible. The overreaction, uh, especially from a Vegas perspective on things that happen and how much that shapes the, uh, the betting market. But, uh, perfect example is I grabbed, uh, Clemson at minus 20 before the games on Saturday for this coming week and Clemson's out to a 27 and a half point favorite right now. So I got seven and a half value, seven and a half, uh, points of value there just solely based on the the result of last weekend there's no injuries in either game uh but Syracuse got absolutely (laughs) trucked by Maryland Dave do you have any information because I know Michigan's off this weekend what what was a I I'm not even sure who their next game is but was there a big movement in a Michigan line or, or any sort of futures on Michigan based on the, the close win against Army this past week? There was a huge movement in their next game, Jim. It's uh, pretty earth-shattering, actually. They went from, um, I believe, three to three-and-a-half against Wisconsin. So, oh, huge move. Huge, huge move. Um, I, I want to talk about the, the Michigan because, honestly, I, in, in, in college, because the thing we try and do is, is top 25 head-to-heads. Um, for the for the college pickums, and there literally is not any this week. It, it's I picked out three three rivalry games that have one top twenty five team in them. Um, but I, I, there was a lot of reaction to Michigan celebration on Saturday, um, and I want to get your your thought on this one because I I thought that people bashing the Michigan football team celebrating their win over Army um, was purely based on people's dislike for Jim Harbaugh because I, I I did a little research jumped on YouTube found the uh the the Oklahoma army game from last year when Oklahoma who was ranked fourth at the time escaped in overtime to beat army and that team went crazy we're running all over the field the fans went crazy everybody was freaking out I, I don't I don't recall now I don't have the best memory but I don't recall a year ago people jumping all over Oklahoma for celebrating a win versus Army like I get it Michigan should have won bigger I get it Oklahoma should have won bigger but the fact like I I think it's more of a it, I'm more shot not even necessarily shocked. But the double standard of, of killing Michigan for the celebration, I, I just thought, this is purely a hardball reaction, no? It is, and uh, I mean, I I agree that big deal, they won the game, they celebrated, so congratulations, you win a football game, 
you have the right, you've earned the right over 60 minutes to do whatever the hell you want within reason at the end of the game. I mean, I don't mean that you can do, you know, everything incredibly insane, but you won the game and this one was close. So the celebration is naturally going to be a little bit bigger, but, uh, I mean, what, why, why is it an issue and why are we even like, I don't mean this, this completely ridiculously, but why is this even an issue? That tells you how bad the games are this week that we're talking about <laughs> a celebration for winning a football game. Yeah. And well, Gene has a, a great question here. He says, is it just hardball or do people like dislike Michigan too? I, I think there is a, a, a degree of Michigan yes. dislike, especially in this area because it's a big 10 area. Penn State, there's Ohio State fans, there, you know, Notre Dame fans are everywhere. So I think there is a degree of, of, of Michigan dislike, but I, I do think it has a bit more to do with Harbaugh because love him or hate him, the, the guy's a character. The guy is the, Jim Harbaugh is Jim Harbaugh, and he's always going to be that way. He's never going to change. So you either like him or you don't like him, and, and, and he's he is polarizing. I, I think it's the best word to describe him. But like Chris said, you know, a win is a win. They deserve to be celebrated. Look, if Michigan lose that game, they they have to win the Big Ten and beat Ohio State and beat Penn State and beat Notre Dame. I think for Harbaugh to probably keep his job if the, if, if coming out of the, uh, of a loss to Army, um, and and the chances are you lose that game, your your national title hopes maybe dashed in September. So you can you can say that they over celebrated, but in a way that 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 win did save their season. And it and it also they weren't celebrating a thirty four to seven victory that was never in doubt. This was a big play by their defense when they needed them to step up to win in double overtime. So if you don't get emotional about that and you're playing the game and you're at the game you probably shouldn't be playing her at the game either. Like, so, you know, celebrate the wins, you know, especially when they're the close ones if, you, if you're saving your season. Like, that. that's and, – and I, and I think we'll leave it at that. But, Dave, you – I saw you, and, and this, isn't, this isn't much like you to do something like this. Um, yesterday, th- there, was a, there was an article that the Alabama athletic director um, – was bemoaning, and that's the that's the verbiage that, that the AP used. Bemoans these hot September day games, and you, Dave, said, "I hear there's a lot of cities with nice weather this time of year: South Bend, Ann Arbor, Spokane, Eugene, State College, Columbus. Uh, play someone on the road. Hell, even a neutral site. Nobody cries like hashtag Bama Nation, hashtag Crimson Tide, hashtag Weak Sauce." Um, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I was, uh, I was somewhat surprised to see you actually, uh, get, get not necessarily hot under the collar, but they got a rise out of you, Dave. It's something that only uncle Mitch can normally do, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just one of these, like, seriously, you're, 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 who has Alabama played? They've been what two games so far, and they've been a combined 100 point favorites in the two games. I think it's actually like 88. But um, seriously, they're complaining because they played Duke and I don't even, New Mexico State, Sacramento. No, it wasn't Sacramento State. But seriously, you're complaining right. about the heat when your starters have to play 30 minutes each game. Exactly. Exactly. And then you have the Citadel schedule scheduled in November. Yeah. Go outside of your damn conference to play someone. Like seriously. I would actually, I would love for them to come to South Bend to listen to you have to talk about Alabama Notre Dame in the middle of the season. You know, and, that would and, be phenomenal. You know, and and I, I heard a bit of the of Saban's press conference where he's going off on on somebody, I guess, that he asked a question about it, and you know, he was saying about how you know I don't schedule the games. You guys want to schedule games? You know, we want to play teams. You know, you know we're just playing whoever's going to play us. Like now. Do, do I think that every Power Five team is lining up at Alabama's door to, to to knock and say we want you guys? But at least for the last two, what two three years, we've heard in press conference after press conference the UCFAD go on record saying we want to play Alabama, we want to play Florida, we want to play Notre Dame, we want to play 
USC or whoever. They, they, they you know, because that's How'd been that work out for him in a bowl game. Refresh my memory. Oh, it's a terrible idea for them. Like let, let's let's be clear about that. It's a terrible idea for UCF to to really put that out there and hope somebody answers the call. But if Alabama is saying we're only playing the teams that want to play us, and UCF's like we'll play you, what what's the where's the disconnect? Somebody's not sending that email. Somebody's not <coughs> somebody's not making that tweet. Like. I don't feel bad for Alabama playing in heat on Saturday games. Like I just don't. It's 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 a weak, weak argument. Oh, I mean, let's let's also talk about this too. Saturday night, would you rather be watching LSU Texas or Alabama the Citadel? I know what I would rather be watching. Clearly, Alabama Citadel, right? Depends that, where I have money at. Exactly. Well, see, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like. And here's the thing, like you want to play, you want to move that game to a night game. Is anybody really stopping them? Like you have the SEC network. There's ESPN, ESPN two, ESPNU, ESPN News, Fox Sports. I bet they're in a contract with CBS or or SEC network that they have to have X number of games during the day and uh, something might, like that. That it. You might be right. Actually, I think you are at least with CBS. I don't know about the, how the SEC network works out, but you're right about CBS because they only have one primetime game, and that's next weekend, <laughs> um, which I'm already scared about, but that's neither here nor there. We'll get to that next week. Um, Lay the points. Actually, I'm not even scared about it because I don't expect to win. Um, but yeah, like, dude, deal with it. You're, you're, not, you're not in danger of losing these games. You are... You know, the, the 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 games are never in doubt. Play your starters for a half. Have cooling fans on the sideline. You know, have extra Gatorade, whatever. Suck it up and deal with it. Everybody's playing in heat. Texas and LSU played a game. It was it felt like what they say ninety two or ninety eight or something at kickoff for a night game. Deal with it, man. And th- those that that's a that's a that's a hard fought game. Yeah, and I, I get, I fully get Alabama's argument. Should they have someone on deck? But they don't play anyone till like the end of October. Yeah. So this is like, I mean, this is like bitching that you, you it's going to affect you a month down the road. Come on. Yeah, and and if it is like, first off, if if Alabama was year after year after year losing those games in early to mid November then maybe Nick Saban has an argument. But almost every year they're undefeated. And if they're not undefeated, they lose to like Auburn or LSU in the second week of October, and they still get in the playoffs anyway because they end up winning the SEC in the SEC title game. So, like, you just don't have legs to stand on, and you're like the the millionaire that's complaining that they're, you know – you know, new, you know, new backyard setup that you're getting in that that is going to cost more than most people's houses. You know, is taking too long to be built. Like you, you like you're you're not going to find sympathy with with college football fans, and and it's it, it's it it makes it, it makes for a really bad look for Alabama. Not that not that anybody probably outside of Tuscaloosa is really the biggest Alabama fan in the entire world anyway. Um, but, you know, it's 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 just a bad look. It really, really is. Yeah, Jen, the, the, only, the only other analogy, we were talking about this work a, a, a little bit, the only other real analogy that we could come up with is it's like if the, uh, the New England Patriots bitched that the, uh, the AFC Championship game was always the second game played, so it gave them a severe disadvantage for – the Super Bowl every year because they're there every year, so they want this advantageous of having the four hours to watch the other team while they're cooling down and getting their ice baths and everything. But that's like the only other analogy that really makes sense. You have a you have a clear Goliath here that's complaining about the minute details. I mean, what's next? They're going to complain that LSU's field's too green, <laughs> right? Where the uh, you know the the tiger eye freaks them out too much. Um, yeah, it just 
they they need to freaking, just freaking Mike the Tiger. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 a bad look for Alabama. Um, suck it up and deal with it. Nobody feels bad for you. Um, move on. Life gets better. Um, yes or no question, Dave? Is LSU for real? I mean, that game was super fun to watch. By the way, it made waiting through the 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 college football slate this past Saturday worth it. But uh, you know, I I don't I don't know if it was a combination of you know was Texas overhyped? Is LSU that good? Some sort of middle ground, but. And, and and we know the story about big Big Twelve teams in, in defense. So being able to carve them up may maybe not be the biggest uh, achievement, but LSU looked real good and made plays when they had to on both sides of the ball. And you know we, we've already talked about how how we think that this this may be the year that that Goliath finally does does fall, uh, but. You know, not only for the SEC, but but is LSU a, a legit contender based on what we saw on Saturday? Absolutely. Um, so I I think you you have a couple things you got to take away from this game here. One, Joe Burrows looks like the real freaking deal. Sure does. Um, obviously it's it, it's a single game, but he looked real good and, and really understood this new look uh, LSU offense. Uh, both both of the first two weeks here that they've played. Um, the LSU defense looked a little questionable, um, questionable using air quotes here. But, uh, I mean, the, the, the other thing, and, and we talked about this last week and, and I think the week before, is, I mean, this Texas team got beat. But just because you got beat, um, I actually upgraded Texas Texas's view of my ratings. They they are pretty dang solid. But, uh, I, I mean, aside from the, the top two quarterbacks, if I have to – if I have to uh, – have a comeback here in the fourth quarter. I don't know that it's not Ellinger that I want as my quarterback. I mean, they, the kid looked very unflappable and made it, made some really good throws late in the fourth quarter. There, um, Burroughs was obviously really good in the fourth quarter with the lead, but it's a completely different animal at that point. But uh, uh, these are two teams that I'm uh, pleasantly impressed with, and and um, LSU is probably going to beat Alabama. Just a a hunch for foreshadowing here. Yeah, uh, but I think this LSU team's absolutely for real. Not saying that they beat Alabama, but uh, I, I mean, you are, are they in the same class as Alabama? It, it, maybe, um, but it's not going to be Alabama playing Ole Miss or um, Arkansas in the SEC here. It, it's going to be a damn challenge. Sure, and um, I mean, you, you you can't help but say you really don't know much about LSU because they've beaten Texas, but they beat Texas on the road. Uh, and I think that that helps their case long-term here. But again, what does, what, what is Texas truly? We, we have a two game sample size here. I mean, uh, Alabama and LSU play in, in, in two months from yesterday. Like by the time we get to that game, the question might not be, is LSU in the same class as Alabama? It, it may be the other way around. Like We may be asking, can Alabama knock off LSU? Is Alabama in the same class as LSU this year? Because, you know, it, we, we, we don't know the depth of this Alabama team. We already, we've already talked about how, you know, we think they might slip up and, 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 and get tripped up along the way. Now, looking at their schedule, there's... South Carolina, Southern Miss, Mississippi, Tennessee, Arkansas. The only game in, in, in this stretch that they might get tripped up on is October 12th against Texas A&M. Like, Tennessee ain't beating them. Mississippi ain't beating them. Southern Miss, uh, South Carolina not beating them. So, but will Alabama look dominant enough for them to say, oh, yeah, Alabama is going to win this thing big? Like, LSU – you know, depending on what they look like over the next two months, maybe maybe the clean cut lock for that game. But it's it's something that it's going to be played out, and and, and we're gonna we're gonna see how this season plays itself out over the next couple months because that's going to be an interesting question as we head into November. Um, but we're still in September. We're 
find some game of the year lines and fade Alabama. All I'm saying. <laughs> we're still in November, or we're still in September, not in November. Um, three games I picked this weekend, rivalry games to do some head-to-head picks. Um, starting in, in Happy Valley this Saturday, it is the Pitt Panthers uh, against the number th- 13 Penn State Nittany Lions, uh, who are a 17-point home favorite. Uh, over-under on this one is 53. This one kicks off at noon on Saturday on ABC. Um, I, I I I think Penn State wins it pretty big. I mean, they, they, they struggled a bit, obviously, in the, in the first half. Um, but they, they woke up in the second half. I think, I think Pitt may be able to, to, to keep, uh, maybe able to keep Penn State scoring down a bit. Um, so I like the under here, but uh, my, my concern is because Penn State's defense, especially once they settled in, in the second half, uh, and I guess I get it was against Buffalo. So I'm not trying to necessarily compare Buffalo and Pitt. Gene, I know. Hold on. Um, but I, I just I don't know if Pitt's going to be able to score enough to to make this super close or, or, or to pull the upset. Um, I like the under. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually take Pitt with the points. I think Penn State might probably be closer to, to 14. Um, but and even saying that, like Penn State might might score 24. So it, it's Neither team is going to score a lot. I like Pitt with the points. Penn State's going to win the game uh, in the under. Wow, that's uh, quite the call there, Jim. Um, I I obviously spent a, a being where we are here in Central Pennsylvania. I spent some decent amount of time here uh, exploiting and researching this Penn State team, and uh, obviously being a rivalry game, I don't think they overlooked this or anything. But I think they overlooked Buffalo a little bit last week. Um, Penn State closed 31 point favorites. Uh, they covered the 31 based on a miracle couple plays in the, in the second half. They were down at halftime. Um, Buffalo outgained Penn State by almost 100 yards. Uh, that's virtually unheard of as a 32 or covering 30 plus and being outgained by 100 and some yards. So, um, glad we're covering this game because this is one area that, uh, is key when, when, uh, Looking into games and everything, it's not just the final score. You got to dig into the box score here. But uh, this this line has moved from uh, ten points to seventeen points now, uh, based on how the the teams looked the first two weeks. So I will more than likely be on uh, Pittsburgh here. I'm hoping to get seventeen and a half. Uh, I I have to believe that Penn State finds a way to win this, but uh, I am not sold on this Penn State team at all. Um, I have a senior season win ticket under. Uh, so I'd be very happy if Pitt pulls off this upset uh, solely from a a uh, monetary perspective. However, uh, I think that uh, Penn State finds a way on this. But uh, Penn State's offense or defense is supposed to be their vaunted and uh, highly talented unit. Even put over 400 yards to Buffalo. Hey. I mean, I st- I mean Buffalo and Idaho. We make fun of Bama for cupcakes and <laughs> Buffalo and Idaho. So. Um, I, I think that this is the first time that we're really going to see what Penn State has and um, more than just a plain scoop of vanilla ice cream that they're playing. So um, I think we're going to get some idea what this Penn State team is here. And quite frankly, I'd rather have 17 points in my back pocket on this one. So I'm taking uh, Pittsburgh in the under. Uh, I might sprinkle a little on the money line on this one. I think Pitt has a chance at this upset. Yeah, I mean, I would have no problem with Pitt pulling the upset uh, as well. And also, we want to give our, our, our best wishes out. Um, his name slips my mind, but the the um, Buffalo punter that uh, suffered a gruesome, gruesome injury um, on a block punt on, on Saturday. Um, I think uh, surgery went well. He's fully expected to recover and everything. But, man, that, was, uh, that one was tough to watch. Um, let's go to the game where college game day is going to be at this week. It is number 19, Iowa, two and a half point road dog, um, uh, road favorite, excuse me, against, uh, Iowa state 44 is the, uh, over underline this one at four o'clock on Fox sports one. Um, this, this one is always tricky. Like I remember watching Iowa teams that were in the top 10 go into Iowa state and lose. I've seen Oklahoma state teams who are, uh, you know, big-time favorites going to Iowa State and lose. Um, 
I'll, I'll take I'll take the uh, even the under on this one just because like Iowa's never a team that I feel like has has a, a, a great offense it's going to put up a lot of points I don't know a lot about this Iowa State team um, so I'm going to take the under but I'm going to take Iowa State to pull the straight upset here and, um, and and kind of put this Iowa team out the pasture before September's even gone. Man, I feel like Corso after you give a good pick. I just want to say, great pick, Jim. But um, I, I agree with you. Iowa State uh, on the upset here. Uh, Iowa State's coming off a bye. I'm not sure if Iowa is uh, still has some research to do on the college football card. I'm a little bit behind this week. But uh, um, I agree with you on the Iowa State up, upset. Uh, they're coming off a bye. They're like 10-4 and four the last uh, 14 coming off a bye against the spread. So uh, I'm grabbing the points, grabbing the money line, and uh, we're going to watch them Cyclones go. Uh, the other part of this is going to give me a better number when uh, Iowa meets Penn State later on this year, so double bonus. Yeah, very good. All right, let's move to Kentucky. It is number nine, Florida, um, at Kentucky, Florida, an eight-point favorite um, in this one. And I just I got to pull up the rankings here because I want to see uh, Kentucky not ranked, but I want to see where they're at in uh, in relation. So they they did receive some votes. But still a good bit outside the uh, the top twenty five still, and and this number being eight, um, you know, isn't isn't the old adage like you know if a number doesn't seem right, you know, somebody seems to know something. Um, Florida by seven. What's that? Florida by seven. Yeah, I like the over under on this one's fifty. It's seven o'clock ESPN. Um, I would love to say that 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 Kentucky's going to pull the upset here. Um, I'm going to take them with the points. Um, I'm going to actually I'm going to go over on this one. I think there's going to be more offense than defense probably um, in this game. But I, I would not be shocked either, especially given that it's a night game and, and we we saw Kentucky surprise a lot of people last year at times. Um, that's if an upset happens here i'm not i'm not sold that florida is a, a top 10 team so um kentucky with the points florida i'm predicting a win uh taking the over but don't be shocked to see an upset here yeah florida um florida came off uh the miami game a couple of weeks ago and uh defense is obviously pretty solid but uh kentucky's a little bit higher speed than uh, Miami is uh, up-tempo there, uh, Kentucky is, that is. Um, Kentucky also played Toledo and probably could have lost that game straight up. Um, Toledo's dual-action dual quarterback there got hurt, though, so that hurt uh, or Toledo's uh, straight-up chances. I agree that this one seems a little low on the line, but then you think about it, and if Florida was at home, Florida would probably be minus 14 against Kentucky, and that seems a little bit better when you swap the home fields there. Um, I agree, Kentucky, with the spread just based on the number. I don't really have a strong feeling. Uh, Florida Florida should win this game. Uh, uh, in conference, you're not going to want to see Kentucky beat uh, Florida. There's corruption everywhere. That Florida still has a chance to, to go uh, fairly fairly uh, deep, uh, potentially challenging Georgia, of course. But uh, Florida and the under. Yeah, so, you know, that, that really the, the, the college slate is, uh, is going to be no, nothing to write home about. If your team is playing, they're likely playing somebody that they should kick the crap out of, and uh, hopefully you have a nice, easy weekend um, for, uh, for you know that, that you don't have to get too concerned about it. Hopefully, this I, is a uh, this is a great weekend to to do both uh, looking at teams who came off of tough games last week with late results, uh, uh, teams that such as Army that uh, had a late late uh, loss to Michigan there. Um, Colorado that just came off a thrilling win against Nebraska, things like that, and also look at teams that have big games next week. Those are all uh, real good fade spots. So fading, uh, fading Notre Dame, fading Georgia that have the big game on slate next weekend, things along those lines. Uh, always good spots to be in. Yeah, no doubt. And and man, Scott Frost at Nebraska that that's a situation that is going to need to be monitored. I know he he took over a program that uh, really there wasn't a whole lot there, but. It, it's been a bumpy first two years for Scott Frost at uh, at Nebraska, and and you got to wonder. You, you would hope that uh, you know the 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 alumni coming home is is not uh, you know they're, they're going to give him more than a couple of years, but 
man, it, it's it's been a it's been a bumpy, um, well, heck, year and a quarter um, there there at Nebraska. So, uh, Dave, let's uh, let's transition here over to the National Football League and real quick looking back um, over Week One. Obviously, overreactions a plenty here. I mean, um, the you know the Titans are great, the Browns suck. Um, you know, the, 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 the Steelers are the worst team ever. Patriots are going to already win the Super Bowl. Um, you know, the Cowboys, the Cowboys are unbeatable. You might as well put number six in, in Arlington. Um, I've seen all of those, you know, it, it's, um, the, 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 the people jumping. I saw, I saw Cowboys fans like ready to sell this team up the river when the Giants scored first on Sunday. So, um, it's 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 what we do as as sports fans. We're 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 quick to celebrate. We're quick to die. And um, but just looking back at, at at this this past weekend, and is there one one takeaway that 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 stands out to you from week one in the NFL? That's a that's a loaded question there, Jim. Um. One takeaway, I, I think, again, would have to be digging into the actual box scores and the statistics around the game kind of influences how you actually view the teams. Um, case in point, San Francisco-Tampa Bay. I think San Francisco won that by 14-17. Uh, Jameis looked awful. Right. Point blank and bluntly looked terrible. Um, that changes the context of that game. Seattle had 170 total yards uh, of offense and won the game 21-20, I think it was. Uh, Cincinnati had close to 400 yards. Cincinnati should have won that game, uh, realistically. Sure, yeah. Um, kind of going along those same lines, Atlanta, Minnesota. Atlanta moved the ball pretty well and was over two or over three inside the the 15 yard line if, of getting points. Yeah, alarming. So, I mean, that, that changes the context there. Um, not to not to toot my own horn here, but uh, Carolina should have beat the Rams. Uh, statistically speaking, they, they were far the better team statistic wise, but two turnovers bit them in the ass and, right. um, two turnovers you deserve to lose. So, um, kind of things like that, you, you, you really have to look at, um, uh, I mean, now you got the opportunity, uh, a lot of these teams that they're saying, Oh my God, they're panic button and all that. Um, there's some pretty good situational spots this week that, uh, football pools and everything else you can really take advantage of. So, um, one week again, one of our favorite or especially my favorite sayings on this definitely, podcast, definitely, definitely your six favorite times a week that you're, you're, you're not as good as you just were and you're not as bad as you just were. So, um, that's going out to all you Dolphins and Jets fans. You still well, have a chance. Well, not at the Super Bowl, well, but you still have a chance at winning a game. The Dolphins might be as bad as they just were. They, they might be. Because you know how, like, for every rule, there's an exception. Okay, I'm gonna stop. I gotta, I gotta ask you a serious question. Sure. Because I want, I, I want to know what, what your number would be, from a betting perspective. The Dolphins are at home this week and are roughly 18 to 19 point underdogs at home. If, if Week 17 matters to the Patriots, they go to Foxborough. The Dolphins do. If Week 17 matters, if the Patriots need it for home field, what do you set that number at, knowing that this Dolphins team could be historically bad? You have to make it 28, right? Right. It would have to be. It would have to be some insane number from from a, from a betting perspective. I mean, uh, that that was kind of going to my head right off the bat. It was 25, 26. So, I mean, something something that high because, like. Here's like the Dolphins. They have they have a ton of picks in the upcoming draft, and, and like they're they're seem pumped and primed for the number one pick. Like I'm like they're they're pretty much already on the clock. <laughs> like if, if they they you just don't screw it up. Just don't screw it up. It, it, it's it sucks. It's shitty. It's an unfortunate thing that there's a team that's this bad. Yeah 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 yeah. I get it, but ride it. Write it, let it be. Let just admit that you are what you are, and just, just go, just, just go over. Like just, just accept it. But yeah, it would have to be a sick number. It really would. Um, 
for me, uh, and and I'm going to play a bit of the Homer card on this one, and it, and it's not. I don't. I'm not getting this. Some, you know, Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl, and I'm not saying that. My biggest takeaway from from Week One and what I saw, and and what what I learned or whatever is. Scott Linehan was even worse as a Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator than I thought he was. Um, this new offense with 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 Kellen Moore as the OC calling the plays, um, Dallas was doing a lot of things at the line. The Giants looked very confused. Um, you know, Dak looked a lot more confident. His weapons were there. He he seemed to be gelling with all his receivers. Um, Zeke looked fine. Tony Pollard looked good in relief for Zeke. Like. The, the offense just looked a lot better than it has in a very long time. And a stat that I, that Fox showed, the Cowboys had scored five t- t- touchdowns on five consecutive drives. And that was the first time since the year 2000 that the Cowboys have scored on five consecutive drives. To me, that, that, that blew my mind that it has been almost 20 years. And, and not that you should be doing that every week, but for for some of the, the 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 poor competition that the Cowboys have played and with some of the teams that they've had like Romo at quarterback they they've gone 13 and 3 a couple of times and they've never done that so and I know this Giants team is not that good I'm not I'm not making some grand um prediction based on what I saw this past week but I, I saw an offense that looks much more comfortable and and is running much differently than they were a year ago. So um, my 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 biggest takeaway from Week One is um, just really a different look to the Dallas Cowboys offense, and and it was exciting to see. Is, is your wrist sore from that motion that it's making right now? Just asking for a friend. Uh no no no. It's uh, I'm I'm in mid season form. <laughs> um. I I didn't know if you had another comment to that or not. Uh, let's go to the big five. Uh, I'm for... just not going to touch that one literally and figuratively. <laughs> Smart choice. It's liable to go off. Um, let's go to this Sunday, um, starting with our big five games. Uh, the 1-0 Vikings at the 1-0 Green Bay Packers, who are a three-point home favorite. Um, 44 and a half is your over-under line. This one, 1 o'clock on Fox. Um you know this. This is an opportunity here for one of these teams. And I get it's only week two, but but to begin to make separation in the in the uh, in the NFC North. I mean, the Bears. You know they're zero and one. They have a chance to go zero and two. The Lions suck. So one of these undefeated teams that you know you hope to pull away from each other. And I think if memory serves, I think the Bears and or the Packers and the Vikings tied once last year. So you want to try to avoid that. Um, I actually like the Vikings on the road to win this game. And I, and it just kind of looking within the numbers um and kind of in that box score play like you talked about the 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 Bears Packers game last Thursday was extremely ugly. And I get Thursday games, opening night games, not always the prettiest. But even in a win, I don't think the Packers looked all that great. Now, you know, and if the Vikings defense can disrupt the the Packers the way they did to the Falcons then then I think the Vikings could even run away with this thing, but I like the Vikings a lot in this one. Um, they just right now look to be the better team, um, and I'm gonna I'm still gonna take the under here. Like I, I the the theme and I I touched on it last week. I think you're gonna see a lot of ugly football because a lot of starters didn't play through the preseason, and that's what we saw. So th- even this week. I think games might be slow to develop depending on the game. So I'm going to take the Vikings to win outright and uh, and the under 44 and a half. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with the under. Um, probably my favorite spot in this one. Um, the, the interesting tidbit coming out of this from last week, um, Atlanta was able to move the ball in Minnesota. However, um, I, I agree with you that the Packers didn't look that good. However, their defense looked really good. Now, is that a product of their defense being much in, or improved, which, yes, I think it is, or is that a product of who they were playing in the Bears on having much on offense? Also, yes. I think it's a combination <laughs> of things there. But the, the thing that's scary is the Packers' offense look like dog shit. Right. Um, they had 
they will be in the bottom five of average yards per play. And if you take out the one drive that they had in the second quarter that won them the game and they actually look semi-competent while, complete, while, while moving the ball um, with two large, long pass catches, um, their yards per play is probably close to three, which not good. Um, that's New York Jet level. Right. I, like, I'm not a math major, but three times three, you're, you're punting every drive if you're averaging three yards a play. Yeah, exactly right there. And the, the question is, is that a product of what this Packers offense has? Um, or is this a product of Aaron Rodgers not playing in the preseason? And quite frankly, I think it's some of both. Sure. Um, I thought I there think... was a lot of hype in the preseason about Aaron uh, about this newfound Packers offense. And quite frankly, I, I don't know that I see it, but um, I don't really know yet. So um, I would lean towards the Minnesota Vikings in this game and the Vikings straight up. Just they look like the way better unit. But again, going back to what I always like to say, you're not as bad as the last sure. game. You're not as good as your next game. That type of whole thing there. So um, I, I will probably be on the Vikings in this game. I will more than likely be on the under in this game. Uh, but this is going to be an interesting one to watch it play out. Sure, no doubt. Uh, all right, let's move to uh, the next two games. Will be in the four twenty-five slot. Uh, both of them on Fox regionally, or on uh, obviously uh, if you have Sunday ticket. The Bears, who are zero and one, are a two-point road favorite at the Denver Broncos, who are also zero and one. A surprising zero and one at that. Not that I think the Broncos are going to be a playoff team. But you would have thought that they would have beaten the Raiders last night. And uh, the Raiders looked energized. Um, it is what it is. But they, they looked energized last night and ready to go. The Broncos did not. The uh, The over-under on this one, 40 and a half. Um, I, I, I like the Bears to rebound from what was a pretty embarrassing loss at home. I, I don't think this Broncos team is very good. The One of the surprising things in last night's game, zero sacks for the Denver Broncos because really the, the the theme of what any success of any kind that I thought the Broncos were going to have was the, the, that defense absolutely shutting teams down, disrupting the quarterback. Um, they were not, unable to do that. And then, um, you know, your, your offense doesn't have to do whole, a whole lot because, of course, your quarterback's Joe Flacco. Um, so I like the Bears to rebound on the road. I think they're going to win this game. Um, so take the Bears in this one, but I still like the under, much like the Packers offense. Last week, the, the Bears really looked terrible. Trubisky looked terrible. Um, you're going out to mile high. It's it's a hard environment to play in, and uh, and, and you're potentially playing a, a good defense. Like I, I think the Broncos' defense will find themselves. Will it be this week? That, that remains to be seen. Bears closed, but take the under. Who's the Broncos head coach, Jim? I forget. Can you remind me, please? Uh, I honestly have no idea. Ah, oh, come on. Should I know this? Vic Fangio, maybe? Maybe. Does that sound right? That's 100% right. Okay. He came from the Bears last year, the D coordinator, I do believe, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. So, who who knows this Bears team better than probably almost anyone? And um, I... I was on the, the, the Raiders' light last night. Um, first off, I can't play Flacco as a road favorite. That just is against <laughs> morals. Um, but I agree with you on the under. Um, but the other thing with this game is I, I, I think you have to take into account that this is week two and they're playing at mile high. Um, the, these Bears players are going to be gas, not used to the altitude here. So I think there's a, uh, a slight advantage to Denver in that as well. Um, I... I this is one of the games that I absolutely have to um, hold my breath when I when I hit the submit button on the ticket. But uh, I think I'm on Denver at this point in time, and uh, <laughs> man, that's ugly to say out loud. Short week and everything versus a long week. Uh, it just feels like it's too easy for the Bears with everything going in their favor here. So I I will probably be eating crow in this one. But uh, give me Flacco. Oh, he picks the Denver Broncos. Bold move. Bold move. Let's see how it works out for him. All right, let's move to another 425 game. It is the – man, and this this was probably the most exciting game of the weekend, the Saints and the Texans, um, yesterday. Just a back and forth, just total uh, 
you know, total, you know, just it looked like a rocky fight. Just there was no defense, shots getting fired back and forth. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Saints pull out the last shout out to my boy shout out to my boy Tyler who had a nice money line parlay sitting down on uh the Saints and he middled it with the Texans plus five and a half. So catching both sides on that. There you go. Good stuff there. So you have the one and Saints at the one and Rams who are a three point home favorite. Uh, 53 is the over-under line on this one, of course, on Fox. I believe this is your, uh, it might be your national game of the week. Um, I'd be shocked if there was any, uh, just looking over the, the schedule. Um, this may be your, your, uh, game of the week, but I, I like, you know, like you said, the, the Rams didn't look all that impressive on the road, um, uh, but with their defense forced a couple of turnovers. Um, I mean, the, the Saints, the Saints got after Deshaun Watson, but, the Texans' offensive line is terrible. Like Deshaun Watson's going to be the next quarterback to retire early if that if that offensive line doesn't start getting better. Like that that's that's un- the unfortunate fact about it. Um, I like the Rams in this one at home. You got your home opener there. Um, you know this is this is the rematch of the of the pass interference game from from the playoffs a year ago. If this was in New Orleans, man, it'd be ugly. I mean, those fans in, were embarrassingly stupid uh you know last night you know get over it move on with your life all that um it's in los angeles the rams are going to win i think it's touchdown 10 points i don't think i don't think this one's going to be a big runaway uh for them uh and i think their defense is going to be the difference i like the over in this one though you have two offenses that like to score and and the saints came on obviously in that second half the rams i think are going to you know find their uh footing at home a little bit more so I, I like this one to be a little bit more of an offensive game so uh rams to win and the over man jim you got something right this is going to be a, 12, a 10 to 14 point game but you got the wrong team the saints mm. are winning this game handedly um this is an absolute revenge factor if you know anything about sean payton he's an absolute dick and well, he's true. gonna have absolutely no problem running this one up or keeping the foot on the pedal here. Um, this one has been circled on the Saints calendar. They could have cared less if they won or lost last night. They want this game on Sunday. Um, I don't care what the number is. Give me the Saints straight up and give me the under in this one, and hopefully no lawsuits will be filed. <laughs> well, I mean, is Greg Williams isn't still the D.C. there, I don't believe, so he might be safe from that aspect. Uh, let's move to eight. You can, at least, you can at least review it this year. Well, that's true. Uh, let's move to eight twenty on NBC. It is the Eagles who uh, who pulled out the uh, the come from behind victory over the Redskins on Sunday. They're one and zero. They're a one point road favorite uh, against the Falcons. I saw, um, you know, depending where you get your numbers from, I saw a lot of uh, some places saying this is just straight pick them. Um, so I think at least on paper, teams evenly matched. Uh, the Falcons, of course, zero and one. The over/under on this one is fifty-one. Um, yeah, I, I, again, and and it, and it's to kind of you know beat the drum of the thing you say all the time is, you know, I you're you're not as bad as you looked a week ago. The Falcons did look extremely bad inside the red zone. That that's an alarming number. Um, but now you're at home, a little safer. Um, you know, you have an Eagles team who you know you suffered a pretty big loss on on a, a defensive lineman. Uh, injury and and uh, you know I think from other reports the Eagles are a little bit banged up. One of the big things if you're playing against the Eagles, to have somebody deep that can cover Deshaun Jackson because you know <laughs> he torched the Redskins on two um, you know two Deshaun Jackson plays, and that's the best way to describe him. So if you can if you can you're not going to totally stop, but if you can contain him a little bit. I think the Falcons know how to do that somewhat. They've seen him, um, you know, in Tampa Bay twice a year for the past few years. They they know who he is. They know what he brings to the table. So um, I like the Falcons to be able to contain him. I'm going to take the Falcons to win this game and bounce back from the uh, from the Week One loss. I'm also going to take the over in this one too. I think you have two relatively high powered offenses, and I think the Falcons find their stride a little bit this week. Um, so Falcons to win and the over. Hey, you got one right. I like uh, both sides that you're on there, Jim. Um, this, this one goes to me that uh, um, I watched the entire Eagles 
Redskins game last week, and I watched I'm sorry to the hear Redskins. That. <laughs> yeah, it was it was delightful. But I really wanted to see what this this Eagles team was about, and I wasn't overly impressed. They looked better in the second half, but the Redskins kept throwing the ball for success against these Eagles corners. Yeah. Um, I mean that. <laughs> what's Julio and Ridley and crew going to do down there? I I just can't get that out of my head. Granted, I don't think. Um, Atlanta's really going to be able to slow down Alshon and uh, Alshon and uh, Deshaun and company and, and tight enders and uh, Goddard. But um, I, I just it, – it's a home opener in in Atlanta, and everyone in the damn NFL knows that if you go start 0-2, your chances of making the Super Bowl are like 10%. Sure. So you're getting a max effort from the Falcons here. Um, the Eagles won a division game week one. Not saying it's a letdown spot, but – um, they are they, they have a win already, so I, I'm not sure that the pedal's the whole way to the floor here. Um, plus, this line seems a little slanted towards the Falcons here. I mean, if this game were in Philly, there the current line tells you that the Eagles would be a touchdown favorite over the Falcons, and that just seems a little high to me. Um, so I'm I'm on the the Falcons this weekend more than likely, and uh, probably be over as well. Uh, although it's a primetime game, so it always scares me that uh, the total that seems like it's too obvious generally is. But uh, maybe the Falcons will win this 40 to 10 or something and give you you a, a, a nice Sunday evening gift. Uh, that would uh, that would certainly be nice. I don't have to pay full attention to it as there's a WWE pay-per-view this Sunday, so I can, uh, you know, I can kind of split my viewership on that one. Um, then let's move. Yeah, passing up a real sport for theater. Good. Hey, why not? Um, better than watching the Eagles. This is the best <laughs> podcast ever. I got to make fun of the WWE too. Uh, the WWF or whatever it is. It, it is the E now. The, uh, the F is the, uh, is, is saving the Panda Bears. Um, Monday night, the, uh, the 16th, the Owen one Cleveland Browns travel to the Owen one, uh, New York Jets. The Browns are a two and a half point road favorite, 45 and a half. Uh, is your over-under that, of course, 8.15 p.m. on ESPN. Um, we talked last week, and I think I kind of locked and loaded on the Browns, which, uh, whoops. Um, the the Browns failing to win again um, on, on week one. I think this is now 15 Are they years. the Jaguars this year out of curiosity? Um, I don't think Just it's... saying, who I did I pick for that division? Find your notepad. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that bad, um, but I, but I think you're you're going to see some growing pains um, with this Browns team. One of the things I, I did kind of notice with them, though, is there was a lot of times that it looked like Baker Mayfield was trying to force the pass to Odell Beckham when it clearly wasn't open. So I don't know if there's already, and I'm not I'm not doing the you know Odell's a a, a cancer or whatever. All all I'm saying is is it's something to watch, like how many times is is Baker gonna try and force the pass to Odell if it's not there to try and keep him happy? It, it, it's it could be it could be the downfall of of this entire thing because talent wise Cleveland's there. Um, that's why I like Cleveland to bounce back. This Jets team is exactly what we we thought they were gonna be or what they've always been. New coach, new colors, new running back, same Jets. They were up at halftime, and they blew it. Um, I don't care that they're at home. Um, I don't care that it's prime time. I like the Browns to bounce back. I like them to win by 10, maybe 14. Um, and and I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over because I think the Browns are, are just going to – they're just going to ball out on this one. Like, Jets may score 10 – Cleveland, you know, you know, Cleveland may score a lot more. So, um, it's, um, the, 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 and, and again, you said teams that go into, you know, n- probably don't have a chance to make the Super Bowl, uh, more times than not. So, I'm not saying Cleveland's a Super Bowl team by any stretch of the imagination, but that, that, that stat and that knowledge base and his history proves true more times than not. Cleveland's going to know it. They got to win here. Well, Jim, this is going to be very interesting. Um, I I cannot take the Browns in this spot with the number. Um, it seems too easy. Primetime game normally means it is. Um, I think there. I think that Baker Mayfield is hurt. 
Um, if you check Twitter and you watch some of the, the, the comments and the reports, um, he had his arm hidden in the press game, in the post-game press conference, and it appeared to be taped up. Uh, if you watch some of the plays, his hand, uh, and it's possibly even his thumb, which is the worst possible thing to have injured on your hand, uh, on his throwing hand, of course, uh, which is what attributed to a lot of the interceptions they're, they're saying online. Obviously, it's on Twitter, so it has to be true. Um, but if Baker's thumb is a huge issue here, um, this game is going to be ugly to watch because um, they're going to hand the ball off a lot, and Baker's not going to be able to be very accurate with it. Um, you get the Jets at plus three here. You have to really consider them as ugly as that is to bet. Um, I I think there's something going on with Baker because he did not look like himself. He was not energetic on the sideline and. Uh, hell, quite frankly, he might be sitting on the bench still crying after losing that game. But um, he, he there, there seems like there's something off with, with Baker right now. And there was a play where I think he, he got tackled and, and jacked his hand on the helmet going down or something like that. But uh, his hand looked like it was affected after that, and it's key for holding on to the ball there. So um, I hate this game. Uh, it might actually be my least favorite game of the week to have to, if I had to – there's always that one game that you're like, I really have no clue that the sure. Jets could. It's a primetime game, so I would not be completely shocked if the Jets laid an egg last week. They come out and they win this game 35-10. to 10. Um, right. like Granted, on the flip side, Cleveland is more talented, the better roster and all that. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if I see 35-10 to 10 on, that, on that side, too. Right. Uh, I will obviously more than likely not have a penny on this game because unless something breaks news-wise that Smart. we hear and I can get ahead yeah. of it, but um, I'm going. You went with the the Browns, and given how I have no clue, I'm going the opposite side because it generally seems like it works well for me going against you. So, um, I'm going to go with the uh, the Jets here straight up, uh, given that I'm really uncertain with uh, Baker's hand at this point. It also feels like that this uh, this hand injury or or, or so call it uh, seems like it's being kept very quiet, which makes me wonder if there's not more going on than is actually heard of or, Possibly, or seen yeah. too. So. Um, it just seems very, very odd. And um, I think this happened in the second quarter of memory serves, right? And um, all three interceptions were after that that happened. And um, with the thumb injury, there's a lot of accuracy that you lose. So Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, I'm, uh, going, I'm going with the Jets, though, and I'm not real happy about it. But uh, you can crucify me for that pick next week. Nah, I, it's an ugly game. Yeah, I, I picked it more, more because I think there was discussion we had about the Browns and, and – you know, based on what a lot of people want them to be or think they could be this year, um, Sunday was a little bit alarming. So it's a it's a team to watch for sure, uh, which is why which is why I picked up on this one this week. Um, Dave, we did clear the ten thirty mark, uh, but do you have any uh, do you have any dogs barking this week that people need to pay attention to? Ooh, we got sound effects now. I like that. Right. Um. So, so college, I'm still working on digging into. I do, I do like UNC on Thursday night. Um, might go with a little uh, Carolina money line parlay. Uh, the, the, the Panthers with the UNC is the underdog. That should pay you three, four, five, six to one, something like that, depending on what numbers you get down at. Um, Carol, UNC is moving. Um, they were three and a half. They're down to three. So make sure you get that key three there. But uh, Carolina should should have no issues with uh, Jameis and the and the Bucks here. But uh, the under is probably the stronger play in that game, um, in all honesty. Uh, Underdog-wise, uh, college-wise, the card's extremely, extremely ugly right here. Um, the the NFL-wise, uh, you have a lot of real short favorites that you can get some uh, pretty decent money on combining them there. Um, I don't know that uh, the, the, the one stat that I will throw out here, and it's kind of interesting if you think about it, but it makes a lot of sense, is uh, since 2015, I think it was 15, it might be 14, but uh, teams playing back-to-back to open the season on the road, so back-to-back road games, which were three te- four teams would actually qualify, but I will discount the Bills because both games were in New York, so um, not really a huge road game per se. Um, but back-to-back road games to start the year, teams are 17-1, and beating them in the following week. So they've won one out of 18 games against the spread. Uh, your teams this week will be San Francisco, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Indianapolis Colts. So if you go against all three of those teams, uh, historically speaking, you should be pretty good against the spread. But uh, 
it's really tough to take the Raiders against the Chiefs uh, anytime. So, um, obviously, you got to have some points there. You're catching eight at the moment, so take advantage of it. But uh, uh, it's another one of those hold your breath when you go in to, to hit submit or, or put cash down on that ticket. But uh, interesting stat there, to say the least. The other thing to look at is to think about these teams that are have lost week one that you think have a uh, strong p- playoff potential. The two that jump out at me, um, obviously, are the the Carolina Panthers who played good the first week. Uh, their odds have went from thirty to one up to upwards of fifty of one, and then uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers' odds have almost doubled. Uh, combination of the Steelers looking like crap against the pan the Patriots, and the Patriots signing uh, that that clown from Oakland. So um, a- another good spot that you can get on some uh, some teams at some reduced odd prices. Uh, the Falcons are another decent one. If you think they're they're for real this year, you could probably get some better numbers and they could the whole offseason just because they've lost a game. So um, in order to get the teams that are down or that are 0-1, you need to make sure that they're going to win week two. So uh, that's key there because you want to make sure they're at least 1-1. But, uh, Jim, I think that's a couple uh, couple little uh, nuggets there from the uh, the Vegas side of things. But uh, hopefully we'll we'll get some parlays here. Uh, I do do kind of like BYU at home catching four and a half against USC. Um, but uh, there'll be some more plays, of course, that'll come out uh, later this week. But uh, we're off to a solid start in both the NFL and uh, college football so far. So uh, turn it back over to you there, big guy. Yeah, um, just and, and we're going to wrap this thing up here, Dave. But where can uh, – so people can, can kind of catch those plays as they get – a little bit closer to game time. Uh, where can people follow you on Twitter and keep keep track of what you're doing? Yeah, we're at uh, at Huddle Up Dave on uh, Twitter, and we had a, a nice rant against Alabama yesterday. So you should check that out and uh, follow that because that was some uh, heat of the moment. Uh, Dave not having a good day in the office, spouting off on Alabama. So one of my favorite things to do. All right, Dave. We will uh, we'll talk to you next week, bud. Have a good weekend. You got it. You guys, Jim, we'll see you next week when we can talk about the uh, 28-point victory for Georgia coming up. (laughs) Uh, No doubt, no doubt. All right, we'll see you, bud. And uh, that's going to do it for us. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports on Twitter, but most importantly, follow the show at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, Subscribe to us. If you're not subscribed to our podcast feed, you can do that on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, I believe. Also on uh, any uh, any other podcast apps you have, uh, make sure you're following along with our home network, NGSCSports.com, and the sponsor of this show, Alicia's Pillows and Things. Go to NGSCSports.com, find the Alicia's Pillows and Things banner on the homepage, place your order, decorate your house the way you want to, and uh, and you'll love what they have to offer. Until next week, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win.